Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The dream is made real. Ricky Hatt rocks the world. How do you like it? How do you like it? I wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. It's over. Mabafia, he's done it. Anthony Joshua defeats Vladimir Klitschko. Uh, let's get ready to rumble. Welcome back, fight fans, to another episode of BTR Boxing Podcast with me, your host, Sean Bastow, joined, as always, by my compatriot, Johnston. We're doing our Tokyo 2020 Olympic update after the success of the preview episode. You know, it did really well. Thank you to everybody that watched it on YouTube. Over a thousand views. Happy with that. Thank you to all the listeners as well, of course, on, on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and wherever you listen. So we decided, we thought, why not give you an update? You know, people might not have had the time to be able to catch up on what's been going on in the Olympic boxing events and how Team G how Team GB have actually been getting on, of course. And because of the fact there's a massive time difference, it makes it really difficult for people that are working or going about the day. And a lot of the fights are on at 3, 4, 5 in the morning. Some of them you can catch them half 9, half 10 UK time. But it's really, really difficult. So we thought, why not bring a little bit of an update to everybody? Why not talk about how things have been going, how Team GB have been getting on, what the predictions we give you in the preview episode, how they're faring so far as well. But first and foremost, Johnson, coming to you, talking about the event so far, how have you found the Olympic boxing for this event? Oh, I've, I've enjoyed it. I really have. I've watched what I can. Um, one criticism I will say is that the uh, BBC coverage, uh, you only get to watch two events at one time. Whereas before, previously in other Olympics, you could literally press the red button and you could uh, choose any event you wanted to uh, and, um, yeah, watch it all the way through uh, without having any interruptions as such. Uh, and this one's different. You've got the BBC main coverage and then you'll have whatever else they can show you. And obviously, you know, Team GB are doing really well. So uh, we're getting all sorts of sports. You know, we're getting the cycling now on, but we had the swimming, the gymnastics are on. So we've had to wait. Although I know a fight's coming up, especially for one of our guys, um, I've had to wait, even out or sometimes, you know, just have to just check the result before you even see the fight. I can't help it. Um, and then uh, and then we get this sort of coverage after. Now we're getting into the the stage where we're fighting, mid, you know, for medals. All of a sudden, BBC are now pretty much covering all of our fights. But that is the one criticism I'll have, I'll have to say about that. Um, so that's irritating me a bit. But other than that, the Olympics as a whole and obviously boxing uh, for Great Britain and just in general some terrific fights I've been able to see and um, all in all it's been a a good good Olympic year. I think the issue with uh, coverage is because I think Discovery Eurosport I think you had to sign up to that didn't you before the Olympics started to be able to get 
you know everything that you wanted to see and obviously the BBC have selected what they wanted and what they can show so far I think it's just a bit of a, an issue over the television rights as to why normally you'd expect most of it to be on terrestrial TV but as we get into the final stages of a lot of the events now as you rightly said you know, the BBC are picking it up more, so it is it is great to be able to catch up on everything. And this is what the episode's all about. We're going to talk about the competitors for Team GB, how they've gotten on, uh, where they're at at this moment in time, and what's to come for them. And of course, the other competitors across the event of boxing. So, starting first and foremost about how we've got on overall, I think the most important thing to, to really highlight to everybody is that six of our 11 boxers that have gone to Tokyo will actually pick up a medal in the Tokyo Olympics, whether that be bronze, silver or gold. And that is actually a result that betters our record that we currently have of London 2012, that we mentioned in the 2012 episode that we did. And, of course, in Melbourne in 1956 as well. So that's that's amazing straight off the bat. And, you know, we predicted in our preview episode an unprecedented eight medals with three of them being gold. I mean... We did say we was uh, reaching for the stars a little bit when we did that, but we do have a chance to win four golds and a bronze and a silver is already in the bag. So really, it's not too far away from what we predicted. Uh, There has been a couple of shocks along the way and a couple of uh, incidents which we'll go through throughout the course of the episode. But I'm going to let you start with the first competitor on the list. Probably the most shocking of results for Team GB as a whole, but it was a great performance from the competitors involved. Yeah, yeah, so we're starting off with Peter McGraw, uh, who fought in the featherweight division, uh, 57 kilos um, uh, category. And uh, so the update for him was, well, it was a disappointing showing for Peter. He uh, went out in the round of 32 after that shock defeat to Chachachai Dechu Butty of Thailand. Now, uh, this was a fight that many of us felt that he would get through, uh, but the four-time gold medalist in the Southeast Asia Games as well, which is why when we looked at it, um, Bunty, you know, Asia Games, you wouldn't necessarily say it was anywhere near what Peter McGraw was fighting at in the European and world level, but he showed his class, the Olympic veteran, Butty, well, he was competing in his third Olympics. He actually stung McGraw several times in a high-paced, frantic first round. And that was, and a, that really ended it for McGraw. You know, he got stunned quite bad and he didn't really recover. He did try, try to uh, pile on the pressure in the second and the third rounds. But Buddy, well, he was too sharp and too elusive on the back foot for those two rounds. And unfortunately for Peter McGraw, he went out um, for a massive, massive shock for us. Yeah. I really... <laughs> I mean, well, our prediction was we thought he'd go on to at least get a silver medal where he would have to get what, and he would actually get past the Cuban uh, Alaves. But um, hasn't happened for him, unfortunately. Uh, a bit of a a poor performance, really. I would say poor. Um, it was just unfortunate. He gets stung and it just changes the whole complexion of the fight. So the other favourites in that category, uh, Uzbekistan's great medal hope, Miraz Izabek and Miraz Azakalayev. Uh, he's progressed only around further than McGrail, and he lost in the last 16 to the Irishman Kurt Walker, which was great for the Irish boxing fans because it was a brilliant performance from Kurt Walker to get that victory. So that was uh, another little bit of a shock, really, for many of the hardcore amateur boxing fans. Uh, The other challenges that we mentioned to medal were Duke Ragnan of the United States, who is now guaranteed a silver or gold medal after defeating Kurt Walker in the quarterfinals. And we've also got Samuel Takie of Ghana, who's also in the semis. Now, he will face the Russian Albert Batikazayev, or our other favourite, Lazaro Alvarez, who you mentioned a little bit earlier. So they've got a few other bouts to go now with this category. It's looking really good. It's looking like... Some of them favourites that we mentioned in the preview episode are likely to go on uh, and, and get to that final and, and go for the gold. It's difficult to pinpoint who's actually going to do it because of the way the tournament has gone so far with the, the shocks and the upsets and everything else that's gone on. It is difficult to pinpoint at this point now who is actually going to win gold and who's going to win silver and obviously who's going to walk away with that bronze. 
Yeah, um, it's, it's, I mean, you know, the featherweight division, I think it, it threw up a bit of a shot there, um, especially for us. We weren't expecting um, it to go the way it was. But, you know, Duke Reagan, obviously, uh, going on and beating a guy on AM 4-1. And then um, Lorenzo, oh, right, OK. So I think, do you know what, looking at this, uh, I think Duke Reagan has actually won 4-1. I mean, I, I'm guessing this is probably today. And uh, the Cuban's out. So it's the Russian. And uh, the Russian Bats- Batsugaev and Duke Reagan that will play that will fight out for that gold medal match. So, you know, results coming in as we're on air right now. So, uh, great result for those guys. So, in terms of Peter McGrail, then what's next for him? I think many people speculate he's going to turn professional, but there is the World Championships that's going to take place between the 26th of October and the 6th of November this year, and it will be hosted in Belgrade. Uh, in Serbia, and then there's the Commonwealth Games that are in Birmingham next summer. Uh, McGrail is only 25 years of age, so he might decide to stay as an amateur and compete in both the Worlds and the Commonwealths. Uh, he's already won two bronze in the Worlds and a gold at the Commonwealth, so sticking around for another year. Would it be a good option? I suppose that's down to the people around him to make that decision. I think there's a lot of calls for people now on the in the professional sport and the professional side of it that I've said, you know, he's going to be a world champion, this kid, one day, and maybe he will turn professional. And I think the one thing to say right now at this moment of the pod is that you're going to have people like Eddie Hearn looking to lap up some of these guys that are going to be coming out of the Olympics, making a decision as to whether they're going to turn pro. I think Peter McGrail is one of them that Eddie Hearn is certainly going to want to mop up out of this Olympic Games and get him to turn professional. Because I think with the following he's got and the support he's already got, I think he'd be a brilliant ticket seller. And I think he's got the ability to to be a world champion at some point in the future. So should he stick around? Personally, I don't think so. I think he's done enough. He's one of the most talented amateurs we've ever had. So I think he should turn professional. Yeah, I'm with you. I think I think with there being a world championship sort of later on in the year, I think maybe he could stick around. I mean, you're looking at what October, November, he could sort of stay in the amateur game, try and pick up a, a gold medal in the world. He only got bronzes there. Um, so, and then obviously the Commonwealth in Birmingham is obviously a pull for some of our fight, some of these amateur fighters, and whether they're going to want to stick around for another year to fight on home soil, and then maybe look at the pros. But as you say, pro contracts are going to be. Uh, being offered to him and it's a matter of can he turn it down um, we'll see I'm sure he should just give himself a little bit of time though to just try and rethink and, and assess his situation so we're going to jump on to Siobhan Clark Chev as uh, as he's known and uh, his Olympic update well he lost in the round of 16 to Brazilian Abner Taxeria 4-1 um, but I have to say I watched this fight the scorecards in the first and the third rounds for me were poor we felt that it was a clear 5-0 and for Clark, yeah. who actually dominated that first round. It was a clear 5-0. and All five judges should have gone for him. I'm not. I'm, I'm literally just baffled and bemused by the fact that Taxeria managed to get two judges' votes there, and um, Clark only won that first round 3-2. Now, the, the second round, Taxeria did sort of take control, and he, for me, he probably did deserve to take that round. I think he won it 4-1. Now, the last round was a tight one. You know, it was difficult because Tixier is ahead now um, and obviously Clark needed to start France and big shots. So he won the first 3-2, loses the second 4-1. And, uh, but then again, it goes to Tixier uh, and he takes it. Um, again, it, it, there's a couple of cards in there where I'm just a bit bemused by how that worked out. Um, it, it threw me again how a couple of those judges went the other way. But look, it's not a robbery, not not a robbery by any stretch of the imagination. And Texeria is a is a very very good fighter. He had a lot of difficulty with Clark. But looking at Clark, I must say that he looks suited for the pro game. And you know, being at the age of thirty now, I honestly believe that I think it's definitely time. And we're going to go on to what he does next. But I think he's perfectly suited for the for the pros. So just looking at the prediction that we made, we said gold or silver, but you know. It's not happening. We thought he might even go on to topple the crews in the semis. And, hey, it's not happening this time round. Uh, other competitors then, as we just mentioned there, the Cuban, Julio Cesar La Cruz. Uh, he's a fighting Texaria in the semis. The Russian Olympic Committee heavyweight, Muslim Gad Zim Magdamev, will take on the New Zealander, David Nika, in the other semi-final. 
Uh, and then you've got Vasily Levit of Kazakhstan. Now, he was stopped in the round of 16 by Spay's Emmanuel Reyes, who then went on to lose to La Cruz in the quarters. So that's where it sits at this moment as we're recording it. Obviously, things are going to be subjected to change maybe by the time you're watching this. Uh, as you said, Johnston, what's next for Siobhan Clark? Professionals. Simply, the professionals now. He's got to take this opportunity to come out of the Olympics. Yeah, he's disappointed. He's not won a medal. He looks like a very good professional already. And he's not turned pro yet. And I think, I just keep saying Eddie Hearn, because I think he's going to be the one that laps most of these guys up. I really do. I think he's going to be fighting with most of the big-time promoters to to get a lot of these guys. Because he knows like guys like Siobhan Clark and Peter McGrail, you know, Ticket sellers, they've got a name behind them already. People are going to support them wherever they go. Um, with this big money deal with the zone that he's got in place now, he can showcase these types of fighters. He can put them straight on the pedestal, like he did with Anthony Joshua, like he did with Luke Campbell, who we'll speak about a little bit later on. And, you know, I think Siobhan Clark's another one who's definitely going to go far in the professional game. Whether he becomes a world champion at this stage, it's difficult for me to, to say. I don't know. I don't want to say he will. I definitely think he'll be up there with the British guys. And I think it'll be interesting to see where he goes from from here on out. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, he just, his style away sort of gets in close um, and breaks you down inside, I think. Um, and with, with um, gloves that are not as big as what he's sort of throwing in amateurs, I think he can definitely be knocking some guys out as well, especially early in his career. And then after that, it's, you know, as you say, he's definitely got a lot of skill. Um, but 30 years old, is it a bit too late? We'll see. Um, but So I suppose jump on to the next one, uh, Charlie Davison, uh, the the mum of the team, the the one, you know, the lady that had three, three kids and uh, returned after a seven-year break from the boxing ring. Well, Charlie was, for me, I, I thought she was brilliant. She was a highlight for me in this out of this whole crop of fighters that the British fighters had. And, and Charlie did defeat Rab, uh, Rabab Cheddar of uh, Morocco in the first round. She won that 5-0, but lost out to Chang Yun of China in the quarters. It was a really close one. Uh, Yan showed her class in that first round, but it was close in the second, even if the five judges did have it 4-1 against Davison. Then in the third, Charlie, well, she needed a knock. She needed a knockout to win this fight. She needed a knockdown to win the fight. When you look at the scores... And she did. She connected with Yan and she put her down. Clear as day, you watch it back, whether it's uh, watching it literally in, in normal speed or watching it on a on a replay. She connects with Yan. She hits the deck. A, a glove touches the canvas. It's a knockdown. Referee calls it no knockdown and a slip. And the, the most uh, heart-wrenching thing about the whole thing is that if uh, they had have called it a, a knockdown, it would have been a 10-8 across the board she would have gone on to win by split decision. Instead, she actually lost by five, five, five points to nil. All five judges eventually had it in her favour. So massively disappointed for Davison. And she wasn't, no excuses from her. She just said she was the better girl. She deserved to win. I weren't at it. I let the pressure get to me. Um, and you look, you got you got to take her out of take her out of to her for for being that way. When you know she could have been quite bitter about it. I think she was very hard done by. But Jan probably was the better over the three rounds, barring that little flash knockdown. But our prediction, silver medal, weren't to be. Uh, we thought she'd go on to defeat Mary Com in the semis to make and um, then make the final. But unfortunately, that defeat against Chan Yan has uh, effectively knocked her out. So our other favourites that we mentioned in the preview show was India's Mary Com. Now she lost three to two in the second round against the Colombian Ingrid Valencia. And you've got the Taiwanese Huang Hasai Wen. Uh, she's in the semis where she's going to face our, our other favourite of that category, Buse Naz Kekuglu of Turkey. And you've got the American Ginny Futch and the Irish Mango of the Philippines. Both went out in the second round there. There's more of the uh, more of the updates for for that particular weight category. Uh, but just going back to Charlie Davidson, then, like everything you mentioned there, Johnson, like what can she do next? What what's the next thing that she can do? I mean, they've got the World Championships, you've got the Commonwealth Games, the Europeans, and I think the Olympics again. You know, 2024. By then, she'll be even more experienced, and she could potentially medal in Paris in 2024. But she is 27. Will she want to stick around until then? I mean, it's only three years away. Obviously, 2021. So, three years more of experience. Could she go on and, and medal at all these other tournaments? 
is it what she wants to do? That That's the question that she'll be asking herself and the team around her will be speaking to her about. Will it be more viable to stick around and do that? Or again, will it be viable to, at this stage of a career, move into the professional game as the women's sport has, has taken an absolute upwards trajectory in, in the recent years? So maybe there's money to be had there for her in the professional game. It's difficult to say. I've got no inclination as to what she'll actually do. You know, there's nothing that makes me think that she's going to go pro or that she's going to stay. It's just going to be interesting to see like how she goes forward because she was one that we were both rooting for a lot. So I'm kind of hoping that, you know, maybe she does go uh, to the pro game and, and, and earns a lot of money out of it and, and goes on and, and has some great fights on, uh, on pay-per-views. But then it depends on her ambition and what she wants to achieve out of it, of course. So there you go, Charlie Davidson. Uh, we'll move on to Luke McCormack in the lightweight category. And his... Update so far is that he defeated the Indian Manish Kushkik 4-1 in the round of 32. But, unfortunately, he lost 5 to nothing to the highly talented Andy Cruz of Cuba in the round of 16. Andy Cruz is, uh, is, is a brilliant fighter. We'll get on to him in a couple of minutes. But we did say the prediction. We've got it absolutely nailed on the button for this one. He'll get to the round of 16, McCormack, and he'll lose to Andy Cruz, and that is exactly what happened. So I'll um, I'll give us a bit of a, a, a thumbs up for that prediction. Uh, quite happy that we actually got that one right. Uh, Andy Cruz, though, he's looking absolutely brilliant. The, the reigning light welterweight world champion. Uh, he's in the semi-finals now against Australia's Harry Garside. Then you've got Shakur Stevenson's boy, Keyshawn Davis of the United States, will compete in the other semi-finals against one of the other ones to watch in Havani's Bakov of Armenia. We've also got Sofiane Humia of France, who lost to Davis, and the Brazilian Wonderson Oliveira, who lost in the quarters to Cruz. Just a note on this category, did you see that knockout from Keyshawn Davis? Did you see that absolute stunning shot that he got on him? And he literally put him out on his feet. I haven't seen it. Have you I not, not seen, seen it? No, I'm, no, oh. I haven't. I missed it. I absolutely, I haven't. As I say, I've been, I've been keeping up with our lot. I, I've, I've, I have to admit, um, yeah, I've neglected some of the other <laughs> stuff, so I missed that. Uh, was that in his last fight? I, do you know what? I'm going to have to go back and have a look at that. Now, <laughs> uh, wow. Well, uh, just, that's made me think. Yeah. Just for the, obviously the benefit of everybody watching and listening, I'm pretty sure you would have seen it. He literally caught him, I think it was with an overhand right, and he literally stopped him in his tracks, and it looked like he'd sort of put him out a little bit on his feet, and he, all his body was just wobbling everywhere. Uh, it was a great, great shot. But you've got to remember, Sean obviously, is a professional as well. He's one of the professionals that has decided to compete at the Olympics as well this year. So it's quite interesting, you know, the... The whole argument about should pros be competing in the Olympics as another one. He absolutely rocked him to his rocked him to his core in that particular fight. It'll be interesting, you know. It'll be interesting to see what happens uh, in this one because Andy Cruz surely has got to be the favourite. But Keishon Davis, so, Davis yeah. is another one for me who I think could really give Andy Cruz a good fight. So I am interested uh, to see what happens there. But just moving back to obviously McCormack, then you know what what's next for him, Johnston. Uh, I, I think it's a bit similar to um, to McGraw for me. Uh, he is still young enough. I mean, he's 26 years old. Um, he's young enough to compete for the Worlds, which is later on in the year, and in the Commonwealth Games in Birmingham uh, before actually moving over to the pros. Again, it's just what sort of contracts you're offered, who offers these guys the contracts. But um, Peter McGraw and Luke McCormack, they're in that same sort of boat, really, where... Uh, the world is literally around the corner, you know, and if they haven't medaled this in the Olympics, which is what they would have 100% wanted to do. For Luke, it was tough. Luke, you know, it was always going to be hard. We predicted, right, because Andy Cruz is a danger. And obviously, by the sounds of it, Davis is uh, showing his power. So that's terrific. So could possibly see a Cruz-Davis final there. So those guys are probably still going to... I mean, because Sean Davis is already a pro. You know, these guys... They've already sort of made the jump. Andy Cruz, you know, Cuban, he ain't going nowhere. But so, so when you look at the division, you're not going to, you're probably going to have Andy. You're not going to have Davis. Um, and and to go into the worlds, I think that might be a reason for Luke to want to go back to see if he could finally get one over on him. Um, look, we will have to wait and see. But the, the claw of professionals, uh, or you know, managers scurrying around like sharks in the sea uh, to pick up these kids. Um, it's uh, you know, at 26. 
you can understand it. But I think still, look, end of the year, he's still 26. He can fight at the world and then go pro. He's still, you know, by what, 28, 29, he could be on the cusp of a world title fight um, if he did decide to move over. But, you know, we, we'll have to see. It's so tough to call. But that that, that lure of um, Birmingham in the Commonwealth as well is going to be another thing for these fighters to, to sort of have a rethink about. Um, but we're going to jump on this because, you know, we can't be spending all the time on here uh, talking about Luke. But the next one is uh, Caroline, uh, Caroline Dubois. Um, what can we say? She, this morning she fought. Um, but, you know, her Olympic update. Look, Caroline kick-started her attempt for that Olympic medal with a 5-0 and win over Doncha uh, Sadiku of Kosovo. And then she beat the American Rashida Ellis in the round of 16, 3-0. Now that set up a quarterfinal bout against Sudaporn Sisondi from Thailand. Now going into the third round, it was 3-2 apiece. One had three to, was 3-2 up in the first and I think Caroline in the second. So it all came down to that last round. That was a very, very close round. It really was. It could have gone absolutely either way. But unfortunately for Caroline, she fell short and lost it 3-2, losing the fight by a narrow split decision. And she was very tearful and distraught after the fight. And she was actually unable to speak with the cameras. Gutted for Caroline. She was so close to, to getting, you know, one fight away from picking up a medal. So unfortunate for her. But um, she'll be back. She's only 20. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? She's she's the youngest on the team. She's got plenty of time ahead of her. She could go to the next Olympics quite easily. And I mean, we said she was good enough to go for gold, and we genuinely believe that. And yeah. we said she'd meet Ellis in the round of sixteen, and she did, and she beat her. And we thought she'd get to the semis uh, and face Harrington, but you know, unfortunately, it wasn't to be this time round. I think the experience is going to do her wonders. To be honest with you, everything she's done leading oh, up yeah. to this has been good so far. So I think she she. You know, she can't. You can't be. She wasn't disgraceful. You know what she did was very, very close. She was very unlucky not to get through. You know, on another day that could have been her going through quite easily. But let's look at the other favourites in the category. Then, obviously, we talked about Rashida Ellis. She lost to Dubai, and then you had Wu Shi Yi of China. She was tipped to make the final, but lost in the round of sixteen. And to one of our ones to watch, the Brazilian Beatrice Soros Ferreira, who now faces one of the other favourites in Finland's Mira Potkanon. Now, the hot favourite is Ireland's Kelly Harrington, and she will now be competing in the other semi-final against the victor over Caroline Dubois, Cisondi. So, it's going to be interesting to see whether Kelly Harrington, Ireland's Kelly Harrington, can actually go on to, to medal and get to the final. I'll be interested. I really will. But... Got to go to back to Dubai then, uh, just sum up for her what essentially comes next. Well, for me personally, you'd want to see her stick around in the amateurs. She's still only 20. She's got all the different com- competitions to go to again. And the 2024 Olympics is only three years away. She'll be 23. She's got an opportunity to medal at the 2024 Olympics in Paris. If it was me advising, I'd be telling her to go there, see how she gets on, and then maybe consider turning pro. That's exactly what I'd be advising her now, uh, because I think she's got the ability to do to win a gold medal at an Olympic Games, and I think the next one will be three years down the line, more experience under her belt, and probably not, you know, the pressure probably won't be on her as much. I think there was a little bit of pressure on her this time round, you know, given that her brother is obviously a, a big British heavyweight, and... I think maybe next time round there won't be as much on her, but I think she did really well, to be honest with you, and she was very unlucky, and we could have been having a different conversation right now, you know, should it have been looked at the other way. So, fair play to her, she's done well. So, these are the guys that are out of the tournament now. These are the Team GB competitors that are out. So, Johnson, if you want to now head into the next section of the show and talk about who is up for a medal out of Team GB. Yeah, so... uh... Carrius Art install, uh, featherweight. Well, she exceeded our expectations and uh, she defeated Sadie Kanosi of Botswana in the round of 32, five to nothing, which was expected. Then it was the Brazilian Jusilion Romeo uh, by that same score, 5 0 in the round of 16. She then defeated Australian Sky Nicholson, which was an impressive performance in the quarterfinals, 3-2, and it was a very, very tight affair. But that meant that she was guaranteed a bronze medal. Now, she's actually fought a semifinal. She fought a semifinal, and she faced Sina Eri of Japan, and unfortunately, she lost 3-2. Um, 
she lost. Oh, she actually yes, she lost three two. So she, she actually lost five nil in the first round. Sorry, so it was a quite it was a clean sweep in the first round for, for the Japanese girl, and then um, she won four one in the second. But then in the deciding round, she lost it three two. Actually missing out on the final by literally a whisker. And Art Stall, again, she was a very um, she accepted defeat gracefully. Uh, she wished, obviously, Erie to go on and hopefully go on and pick up a medal. But uh, for us, it was it was well over exceeded our expectations, especially defeating Sky Nicholson, who was in our prediction going to be the one to stop her in the quarterfinals. So that just shows you that Karis has gone way beyond that. Uh, what what was really a she, she should have gone out and got I mean, bronze medal. We all said they could all medal. Anyone mm-hmm. can medal. But when you look at sort of Peter McGraw and, and how close, you know, he should have really gone on to get that bronze medal over Karis. But Karis shows her class. She comes through that tough game, finds it difficult against Erie. But, um, you know, she, she can leave the Olympics with her head held high because she uh, put on a, a fantastic performance. She really did. It's just unfortunate she couldn't get to that final match. I think what's important to highlight here is that that category has already been decided now because the victor over Carrie Sartingstall, Erie, has actually gone on to defeat uh, Nefte Paticio in the final to win gold. So she was that close. Carrie Sartingstall was that so close, close to getting to the final and her... Uh, defeat uh, the person that defeated her Erie went on to win so really when you look at it from that perspective you know she was a whisker away from getting there would she have won the final we're never going to know that now but she's medalled she's got a bronze that's fantastic from my eyes it's absolutely fantastic what she's achieved and what's next for her then the worlds and the commonwealths I think maybe but 27 years of age Will she want to turn professional at this point? Uh, obviously, she her background is coming from the Army. If anybody didn't already know that, she was uh, in the Army boxing team, which is what's led her to get onto Team GB for the Olympics. Will she continue her career there instead? Or will she decide to take some of that talent and turn it professional? Personally, I, I can't see her turning pro. I don't know why. I just got this feeling that she'll stay. She'll go to the World. She'll go to the Commonwealth and possibly even go to the next Olympics at the age of 30. Uh, I for some reason, I don't sort of envisage her turning professional. And maybe it's because of the career she's already got outside of the sport. Uh, probably something to do with that that make, makes me feel that way. But then you just never know. Some of these uh, some of these competitors might just decide, you know, sod it, I'm turning pro if there's a big enough offer on the table. But we'll just have to wait and see how she gets on. So I'll move on then, Johnston, to the yeah. next medalist. The twin brother of Luke, Pat McCormack. So... We'll give you his update and, and let you know where he's been going, what he's been doing so far in this Olympics. He defeated the Belarusian Alexander Radzinow in the second round, 5 to nothing, And then the Russian Andrei Zamkovoy, 4-1 in the quarters. And was supposed to fight Aidan Walsh in the semis, but the Irishman had to pull out due to injury. Now, the final was against the Cuban veteran, Reniel Iglesias, who was competing in his third Olympics Unfortunately for Pat, he was unable to prevent Iglesias from taking a conclusive victory. Five to nothing, winning every single round. Now, our prediction, Johnston was gold. Uh, and I think <laughs> that only a dipping form or an exceptional performance from one of the other challengers will stop him. And I think, again, it's near enough on the head this one. We kind of said he'd get gold unless someone came along with a great performance. And I think Iglesias proved that you know he had a great performance against him to, to secure that medal. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I think, I think one thing we need to clear up here is that we didn't overlook the Cuban Inglésius, um and the fact when we just describe how he actually picked up this gold medal. Well, we didn't expect him to get that gold, considering the fact that he had to navigate his way past two of our other favourites. And, uh, and, he, and he did. He, he got past them. He, uh, he showed his class and his experience competing in his third Olympics. Now he defeated the American. Delante Tiger Johnson, who we thought would go far. He beat him in the quarterfinals, 5 nothing, And then he beat the Russian, uh, Zam- Zamkovai, who we thought um, would be Pat's main challenger. Uh, and Zamkovai, he beat him 5-0 in the semis. So, um, really showed his class. And we did say it would take an exceptional performance. So, we were right on them lines. And it was from someone at the age of 32. And, of course, he was the Cuban. And Cubans always do the business when they That's really true. need to. Let's be honest. And... Uh, Great, great performance from Inglésius. Uh, you can't knock him. Um, but this was Pat's second Olympics. Uh, I think this is the thing. What does he do next? Second Olympics. He's lost again to a Cuban. He lost uh, to a Cuban. I think it was in the last 16 in Rio. Um, but 
I honestly think, um, you know, it could go to the Worlds. I, I, I do, because it's just, you know, what's the point of turning pro? In a couple of months, you can go and fight in the World Championships and, yeah. you know, possibly get the chance to fight in Glazius again um, and, and go for gold there. Uh, maybe the pull of Birmingham in the Commonwealth Games next year could also be uh, a reason for to stick around. I think the Worlds, and I wouldn't be surprised if Pat gets offered a, a, a great contract. I wouldn't be surprised if him and Luke probably get signed by one promoter in particular. Um, I don't know who, but I just wouldn't be surprised if one promoter decides to snap the pair of them up because um, they've both got a lot of skill and a lot of talent. I think what's important to highlight, though, is Pat McCormack walked away with a silver medal at the end of it all. Yeah. We, we expected him to go for gold. Uh, he just missed out. He got beaten in the final. He gets the silver. So that's a bronze medal and a silver medal, as we mentioned at the top of the show there. And we're moving now to the other competitors that are gunning for gold. Fraser, the Eraser Clark. Now... Interesting update this one because obviously there's been a bit of a controversy in one of his particular fights, and we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, now he co- he did coast to victory in his first bout over the Ukrainian Sotsny Rogvat in the round of 16, taking all three rounds on four of the judges' scorecards. With one judge actually strangely giving the fight to uh, Rogava, which I <laughs> thought was really weird one, but. On to the quarterfinals against Murad Aliyev of France and. This fight was anything but straightforward. Uh, after losing a split decision in Paris earlier in the year, Clark was eager to put that defeat to bed. Now, the first round was close, and it was the Frenchman who took it 3-2, with Fraser cut due to a clash of heads. The second round was also tight, but once again, Clark suffered another cut on his other eye. And again, it was awarded as a headbutt. Now, at first, it looked like a point deduction for Aliyev, but the American referee... Andrew Mustachio disqualified Aliyev and the Frenchman was absolutely in uproar and he showed his frustration by shoving the cameraman's lens and stomping around the ring and then he decides to stage a protest by sitting on the ropes for more than an hour which if anybody's (laughs) not already seen this at this point please do go and take a quick nosy at what happened there because that was uh, literally the definition of throwing your toys out of the pram in that instance. Uh, but to be honest with you, Johnson, I think, you know, he was uh, he was really rough with that head in that fight. And I think, to be honest with you, it was his own fault. I've got absolutely no sympathy for him, you know, in this instance. I think he, he was using his head a bit too much in this particular fight. And we'll, we, can talk, uh, we can talk a little bit about that now and then obviously talk about what this means for Fraser. But <laughs> when you've seen the news coming through, when you've seen that happen, uh, what were your initial thoughts on that? Well, I, I I was um I actually watched it um it was uh I think it was it was one of the early ones it was just after Whitaker or someone like that when we were going to Whitaker in a minute but yeah I I watched the fight and for me um the Frenchman he, he won that first round I think he just won it I mean there was it was deliberately you know he was getting right underneath he was a bit shorter than Fraser Fraser's a big lad he's getting his head right in there and he sort of not kept nodding it up cuts his eye referee rules it as a butt. Sort of as a word of him of such, you know, I don't think he didn't talk to him in the corner. I think it was during the fight. Come back out again and, and again, uh, it's, it's a touch and go fight. I think, I, I think for me, I think Frazier was losing the fight at this point. I think um, Alaviv was, he was just edging it. But the, the head again comes in, cuts the other eye. And you sort of expect him, when the referee stops, you're thinking, yeah, he's, he's, you can see him pointing, he's made the one gesture, and you're thinking, okay, he's going to take a point off him here. That's going to be great news for Fraser Clark, and how he can uh, potentially comfortably win this fight. And then it just, it disqualifies him. Um, I mean, it was, a, it was a strange one, because I thought a warning and then a deduction, I think that's probably the fairest way of going about it. But, um, yeah... He wasn't happy. <laughs> he really was. He could even um, the commentators they couldn't believe it. I was shocked. Uh, Clark was sort of wandering around the ring saying to him, "Look, it weren't my fault. I didn't make the decision because he was sort of hitting the cameras and stomping around and moaning or whatever." But um, yeah, it was a strange one. I, I think it was a bit unfair on him. I think I wouldn't have been surprised. You know, give him a warning, give him a point, and then if he keeps doing it, then obviously disqualify him. But great news for Fraser Clark. He moved on, and he's going to move on to semis. Yeah, so, you know, we predicted bronze medal for Fraser Clark and we're going to see whether that's going to happen or not now because he's got to face uh, back Hodir Jalalov in the semis. 
the big Uzbek, yeah. which I think is <laughs> where a lot of people think Clark's going to fall short. It is going to be interesting. This is one fight I'm genuinely looking forward to. I really am because this is Fraser Clark's time to shine now. You know, you look at the other side of the draw and uh, the American Richard Torres Jr. is he's probably the other hot favourite to go on to, to win the gold medal here. Uh, he's of the United States. He could be the first super heavyweight since Tyrell Briggs in 1984 to win a gold medal in the super heavyweight division. So there's a lot riding on him as well, a lot of pressure on him in the semifinals. The good thing is for Clark now, he's, he's got no less than a bronze. He's going to walk away from this Olympics with a bronze medal. Hopefully he beats Jalalov. But the way Jalalov's looking at the moment... I wouldn't be surprised if he does lose this particular one. But you never know. This this is his coming of age. This is his time. This is his last chance in the Olympics. He missed out to Joe Joyce. He missed out to Anthony Joshua in the last two Olympics. This is his time to shine. So, you know, let's hope he does it. Let's hope he does this. But if he doesn't, I think it's going to be a really interesting prospective final with Jalalov potentially against Torres. And that's quite a mouthwatering final for the, uh, for the right to be the gold medalist at the Olympics. But... Hey, come on, Fraser. You can do this, man. You can do this. You can get us that gold. But at least he's walking away with no less than a bronze. That, that's the main thing for me. He's medalled, which I think is, is very important. Oh, mate, absolutely. I mean, we said it would be a bronze and we said that he would he would slip up. Uh, unfortunately, that's what we're the big Uzbek. We think he's going to he's gonna go on to win the gold. We, we tipped him massively. Uh, you know, you've still got the Kazakh in there, the uh, Kambakayev. These, the Kazakhs are tough. And, and the fact that Richard Torres is fighting to become that first American to win a, a medal, a gold medal since that 84 Olympics um, gives him a little bit of something behind him. I think his dad was ex-pro as well. So, yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Torres can make that final. Um, it's just, can Yalov? Uh, I think Yalov might be too much. We'd, we'd love to see. Uh, so we've got to jump on. Benjamin Whitaker. Ben Whitaker. Um, probably people might recognise him. Uh, if you if you don't recognise the name, is is the Hayukens he's been dropping after winning every fight. Um, he sort of builds up his Hayuken from Street Fighter and smashes <laughs> it at the camera. Um, he's, he's a character, uh, Ben, and... His Olympic update, well, it all began with a 4-1 victory in the round of 32 against Jorge Luis Viva Palacios of Colombia and then a 5-0 win over the Egyptian Ab- Abdelrahman Orabi. Uh, I'm going to call him Orabi. I'm sure that's Orabi. Uh, next was the quarterfinals against the Brazilian Kino Machado. It was a very close fight, this one, that Whitaker just came through 3-2 before his semi-final against the tough Russian Imran Katiev. Uh, and he won it 4-1. Katev was a bit smaller, but he was those, if you can imagine, a short, stocky Russian from big, big shots at you. Um, that's what Whitaker had to deal with, and he dealt with it man- superbly well. Um, bobbing and weaving. Um, the Russians throwing huge shots. He's ducking under him, skipping out of the way, and landing a few himself. It was pretty to watch. It was a really good display. Although it was tight, uh, 4-1, you know, it may sound like a, a lopsided win, but it wasn't. It wasn't anything but, and, it, and he, he defeated the Russian to move on to the final. And that victory has set up the final against one of our favourites, who is Arlan Lopez of Cuba. And that will take place tomorrow. Uh, it de- you know, it depends when, when this goes out. But Wednesday, August 4th at 7.35am UK time. Interesting, isn't it? He's, he's there. He's getting no less than a silver medal now. He's he's definitely performed very, very well. And, I mean, we we looked at the prediction. We said gold or silver. We thought new, new Rad Letov would be the only one that could stop him. And, you know, here we are. We're in the final. He's got the, uh, the favourite, Arlan Lopez, in the final of Cuba. And let's be honest, I think you look at Arlan Lopez's performance, he's not lost a single round. A single round yet, and to me, Ben Whitaker's got a huge uphill battle when he faces him tomorrow morning. I just hope that this is, you know, his time to shine again. I keep saying it with Fraser Clark. This is his time. This is his moment. Can he? Can he? You know, can he capitalize on it? It remains to be seen. But Alan Lopez, no matter what we say, he's a phenomenal fighter. He's not even lost a single round. It's amazing, brilliant. Yeah, I mean, this is what this is what you get when the Cubans are in there. The they, they've got so many talented, talented fighters. Let's hope Ben Whitaker can do it for Team GB. But if not, Lopez is certainly going to be a worthy winner of that gold medal, and Whitaker could walk away with the silver either way. But his performances, I think I've really enjoyed him. I've enjoyed his character so far. He's he's, he's lit up, lit it up for Team GB a little bit, and I think that's been uh, it's been good to see. So 
So let's see how he gets on tomorrow morning. Fingers crossed he gets there. Uh, and let's move on to another one then. Another possibility for a gold medaling and Galal Yafai. He's been brilliant. I'm just going to say this straight away. He's been brilliant. His update, it began obviously in the last 32 where he stopped the Armenian Korean Soghamoni in the third after dominating the first two rounds. Uh, he wasn't convincing in his last 16 bout against Patrick Chiembab, but he prevailed 3-2. And then next up was the Cuban, Yosavai Vita, who was our favourite to progress. But Yafai, as I said at the start then, he showed incredible skill. He showed incredible skill, heart and desire to outwork Vita 4-1. to one. And if you missed it, go back and watch the fight because it was brilliant. Absolutely belting fight. And we honestly thought this is where his journey would end. We genuinely thought it was where it was going to end, but it hasn't. And I think if he's gone on to beat Vitia the way he has done, for me, he's going all the way to he's going all the way. He's winning this gold medal. I'm telling you, I'm convinced that he's uh, that he's doing this now. I mean, you've got to look at what else is uh, what else is out there for him. Uh, he's got a. He's got a difficult task ahead of him. Uh, Saken Abiz Bosinov. Uh, it'll be that Kazakh who will face Yafai in the semi-finals on Thursday. This coming Thursday at 10 to 7 in the morning, our time, UK time. It's going to be one to definitely get up for and watch. Uh, I think this is going to be really exciting. Can Yafai do it and can he get all the way to the top? Interesting. What do you think, Johnston? Ah oh, well, I mean, looking at looking at his performance uh, against uh, VTI today uh, was absolutely outstanding. What an absolute cracking fight! They were literally at times, most of the time, standing in close quarters, and they were just sinking shots to the body, to the head, uppercuts. It was beautiful to watch the pair of them. Uh, it's an absolute belter. I can't even tell you enough. It's the best fight I've seen in this Olympic so far. Um, I'm sure I probably missed. I've missed a lot, so I'm sure there's probably more out there. But this, for me, just technically, the way they were, they both were. They, you could see them both in the pros comfortably. We know the Cubans don't tend to move over to the pro game. One of the things may change now, but uh, it was just stunning. Uh, I think what what won it for me was when your fire started switching the angles. Um, superb. Um, close in work, hit the body, uppercuts to the body, over the top with the right, left, switches the angle evade shots that come back at him and then came back of his own. Um, it was masterclass at times from Yafai and uh, absolutely stunning. I mean, the other brothers as well. Is it, is it Cal and Gamal? I think Cal may have got the Worlds and Gamal got the European and Galau now has Olympics. And they've all got medals. I think uh, Galau Yafai um, tips the bragging whites there because he's going to have an Olympic medal. Um, and we do think, you know, although he's got to come for a semi-final yet... Uh, as you say, against another, you know, the Kazakhstanian, a tough, tough fight for him. But performances like that, I think he's going for gold. I agree. I do agree. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing how he gets on. Remember, Thursday, the 5th of August at 6.48 a.m. UK time. So we move into our final medal hope, hopeful in Lauren Price, who, again, I've been really impressed with Lauren Price throughout this tournament. It's been pretty straightforward for her. She's made it pretty straightforward. She's won uh, both of her fights so far, five to nothing. Uh, the first, it was uh, Mayaja Makaral Mukbar of Mongolia in the round of 16, and then Panama's Athena Bailon, which guaranteed her that bronze medal. Now, next up for Lauren is the semi-final against a silver medalist in Rio, Nukwa Fonchin of the Netherlands, which is going to take place on Friday the 6th of August at 6am UK time. So, perfect opportunity for her to move on to the final to get a silver or gold. But no matter what happens in the semis, she's walked away with a bronze medal. I think we did say she was one of our best prospects at winning a medal in this tournament and following the footsteps of Nicola Adams to go on to get gold. And as it stands now, at the time of recording this, this is still definitely very hopeful for her to go on to do that. I think she's looked really, really good. She looked like it's been easy for her, if I'm being honest with you so yeah. far. It's not going to be easy for her now as she goes into the, uh, the, the the semi-final and hopefully the final, but she's got the ability, she's got the skill. Can she do it? What do you think, what do you think looking at the, uh, the other fighters in the category? 
Yeah, I think she can. I mean, I mean, just running through our favourites. So Canada's uh, Tamara Theobelt. Uh, she lost five nil to Fontin, who's the uh, Dutch girl that's going to be fighting um, uh, Lauren in the court in the set in the semis. So she beat her in the quarters. So that you know, Fontin's no mug. I mean, obviously she's a silver medalist in Rio as well. But I just think Lauren has just got that little bit more ability. I just think she's. A, She's better. She's head and shoulders pretty much against anyone in this division, let's be honest. But the other one was a staff sergeant um, in the U.S. Army, uh, Naomi Graham. She actually lost to uh, Zem Fira Magmedeleva of Russia <laughs> in the round of 16. And it will be that Russian who will participate in the other semifinals against Lee Quinn of China. So... Um, yeah, you've got the Russian and the Chinese in one half, and then you've got uh, Fontin and um, Lauren Price in the other. I just can't see Price. Like we said it at the beginning. I think she's almost like the banker. We had one in, in Lauren, and we had the other in Pat, Pat and Pat hasn't just hasn't happened for him. Uh, but Lauren, I think, will. And, and I think the other one is going to be your fire. And it's just a matter of if we can get Whitaker or Fraser Clark. Um, anywhere near them gold medals. I mean, it's a big ask for those two, yep. but um, I, I think your fire and price have got to be on for gold. I really do. I, I'm confident it's going to happen. I'm still confident for Lauren, and um, hopefully it all goes to plan. Well, let's see what happens over the course of the next couple of days. This has been our Olympic update for Team GAB and for the favourites that are also still left in the competition. The Cubans have been looking absolutely fantastic across the board. It's been brilliant to watch so far. It's been really enjoyable to see how Team GB have got on. And yes, there's still a chance of gold medals to come in the boxing. But overall... Looking at the Olympics so far, it's been brilliant to see. Brilliant to see how Team GB have been getting on. Uh, and the Olympics always gives us so many eventful moments. There's been a couple so far, including GB boxers as a part of them. But, yeah, this is it, man. This is this is the final update before we see who goes on to win golds, potentially silvers. Will they settle for bronzes? It's great. We will do a final episode of the Tokyo 2020 Olympics and it will be the final roundup to see how everybody did end up getting on. But for now, please do enjoy the remaining bouts with all the competitors in it. It's, it's been a great little episode to sit down and just give you guys an update. And thank you for the reaction to the preview episode. And I hope you enjoy this little segment, this little update. And I hope you'll join us for the roundup. Hopefully, when we do our final roundup of the event, it will be us talking about the gold medals that Team GB have won. And, and also... Obviously, overall, how we've done as a boxing outfit in this time round. Johnston, as always, thank you for, for joining us for the Olympic thank update. You. It's an absolute pleasure to speak to you guys. Make sure you give us a follow on social media at BTR Boxing Pod on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And please subscribe to us on any available podcasting outlet. If you've not subscribed to the YouTube channel, please do. Please, we've been putting all our content out on there as always, updating it every single week, four or five videos a week. Please do subscribe to the channel. Help us get to that 1,000 subscribers mark. We really would appreciate it. We hope you've enjoyed this Olympic update for Tokyo 2020. Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.